when the Eagles win a game and you go to Wawa, everybody's like on the Monday after, yeah. everybody's like in a great mood yeah. and like it's like it's a great day today. Not like, even like the Super Bowl, just like any game. Any game. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't even like sports and it puts me in a good mood. Because everyone else is in a good mood. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone else is in a good mood. Exactly. So it's just like Hey you, welcome back to Fucking Fine, I'll See You Soon, the podcast where we discuss all things millennial anxiety with a different co-host each week. This week I have the wonderful sort of family known since kindergarten, I guess, even though I don't remember a lot of that portion of my life, uh, the co-host Jamie Sheets on with us. Um, we're talking about growing up in the gifted program, but before we get into that, uh, I was talking to one of my former classmates that was also in the gifted program and completely forgot, I think I blocked it out of my memory, and this wasn't discussed at all on the podcast because um, Jamie is two years older, she did not have this teacher, but one of our middle school teachers, I'm going to name him because fuck it, Adam Farrington was arrested for um, some child child pornography stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the time to read you a little bit of the article, uh, partially because I don't want to get any of the facts wrong and you know slander, but also because he was a fucking douchebag. Okay, this man was terrible. He's not qualified to be teaching kids with GIEPs. Um, obviously, because he was arrested in a child porn ring. Now, this article is from uh, 2016, so granted, it's three years old. But Adam Farrington, 37, has been charged with distributing and processing child pornography. He was arrested by New Jersey State Police officers after they executed a search warrant at his home in, on June 7th. His attorney said he denies the charges. While he hasn't taught since 2008, Farrington formerly worked at the Delrand Township School District in Burlington County and in Pennsylvania and in the Philadelphia and Bristol Township School Districts. None of the school districts responded to requests seeking comment from school leaders. Um, representatives of Delrand and Bristol Districts confirmed his employment. Obviously, I can confirm it. He was my fucking seventh grade teacher. If you were in that class with me, you remember the horrifying... One time I think we locked him out of the classroom because he was just that much of a fucking dick. Um, his attorney said in an email, his client's innocent, all charges against him, and he's never been accused of harming any children at this point in his life. I can tell you personally that he was harmful and not physically, but that man was a, a mental menace, okay? According to the attorney, there is no evidence linking him to these crimes... Um, he has no prior record. He's a proud father that would never do anything like this. And yeah, he, he fucking, fucking stopped. Okay. He, he, <sighs> it continues to say what he taught, but I can tell you that he, he taught, um, oh yeah, he's a father of three young children. Um, I don't know what happened since 2016. So if anybody can get me some updated info on this man, honestly, I don't care. So don't even bother. 
So guys, there's some sick fuckers out there and you might interact with them on a daily basis. And I can only speak for myself and none of his other former students, but um, I was never, you know, personally abused by this man other than in a mental sense. He literally called all of our parents like all of the time. It was so bizarre because we were like good kids. I, I don't fucking know. But... Before we get to our piece de resistance, I never say that phrase right, and I use it, like, all the time. I don't know. I think it's French. I don't even fucking know. Um, but, you know, our, our, our main course, if you will, I've been pretty fucking serious on this podcast. In fact, too serious um, for a comedy podcast, but mostly it's because I hate dumb humor and I'm, I'm trying to be dry. A lot of my shit doesn't read as funny because I, I I'm not even really funny. I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh, but this intro is going to be lame. I'm going to tell you my dog horror stories in a sentence. They might be a run-on sentence, but I'm going to tell you them with no explanation. And hopefully you get a chuckle out of my pain. So with that being said, here we go. One time, I cleaned the carpets of a place I was dog-sitting and left, and I ran back in to grab something. Like, I literally went outside to start my car, and I forgot something and ran back inside, and the dog shit again on the carpet after I had stuck her outside for an hour, and I was literally outside of the house for 44 seconds. Daily 5.15 a.m. wake-up house to be served breakfast. That's enough said. Dogs pulled me into a tree, then to the ground while I was babysitting a four-year-old that was terrified and would not walk closer than 10 feet trailing behind me while some dude loaded up his work truck next to us and, you know, kidnapping. So that was a fucking clusterfuck. The same four-year-old was terrified of a kitten and had to sit on my lap crying while I peed even though she has two full-grown ass cats at home. A uh, half-wolf dog, most of you probably know who I'm talking about, finagled out of her harness in the city, and the same wolf dog eats everything, including the harness, and shits everywhere, every single time. The wiener dog that was so terrified of me that I got fired, and I literally don't know why he hated me, and his cunt cat sister tried to attack me multiple fucking times, so thank God she fired me. Separated the dogs that pulled me into a tree that one time and almost got hit by some dumb bitch in an SUV that wasn't paying attention. And she told me that I needed to wear a reflective vest, even though I was on the sidewalk. How about you get off your fucking cell phone, you dumb bitch? What are you doing? How do you not see me and a huge fucking dog crossing the street? I don't understand. (sighs) Slipping on ice too many times to count. Slipping on leaves too many times to count. Blood, sweat. And so much goddamn shit all the time. And finally, bathing cats once a month when cats literally fucking lick themselves to clean themselves. Oh my fucking God. Anyway, that is my life. And now that you've got a taste of it, let's go straight to our co-host, Jamie Sheets. Thank you for being here today. Everyone else is like, what, what I hear, hear all, all the, the time, time. but yeah. like when you hear yourself, it's different. I really like it because you can hear how different people's voices are, mm-hmm. and like we have really different voices. But yeah. some of the guests that I have on, I'm like, ooh, you might not be able to tell who is who. Like I have a very deep, boomy voice. Mm-hmm. 
So much so More that, base. Yeah. My my therapist actually told me to talk quieter in her office because it's <laughs> such a small space. It's probably as big as this kitchen, but like closed off, obviously. Yeah. She it's was, probably like bellowing through to the other offices. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to need you to be quieter. And I was like, like, bring it down to the inside voice. Like, <laughs> I don't I feel have like, an inside voice. It's outside voice all the time. I feel like... um. I th- see, I always thought I have a loud voice, but I think I have a louder, high pitched voice. Like when I get really excitable, like a very, like, um, but Melanie Greenberg also has a very loud voice. She does have a loud voice. And you don't realize it in regular conversation, yeah. but like once I recorded it, I was like, oh my oh. God, wow, this is crazy to think about. And then I have some friends that are like so quiet. Like my friend George Greg, he was like super quiet. Yeah. I've listened you to make all me sound of them. Like a screamer. <laughs> I sit at my desk right over there and I listen to the Thank podcast. You. When it comes I'm glad out. because I had to curse people out this um, on Thanksgiving Eve. We I didn't even go out. How was your Thanksgiving, by it was the way? Good. Here? <laughs> yep, just me and Dave. Nice. It was great. <laughs> I'm jealous. Leftover meatballs from Friendsgiving. Those were so good. Aren't they good? They were so good. I think I created that recipe. I'm going to take credit for it. Yeah, you deserve <laughs> it. It was delicious. Just had some of them in the freezer and we made some sides. That was bomb. It. I made a crock pot apple crisp. It was a good day. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Ideal. Everyone else went out. Like, Jess went to her aunt's and mm-hmm. Sam went to his sister's or whatever and Chris worked. Yeah. <laughs> and he went to back home to Lehigh Valley. So we had a... Great day. Um, well, Thanksgiving Eve, I went to Laura Suarez's, and um, I don't know if you know Stephen Chinnaman or Brian Singh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kenny, they all came over, and they were like, oh, you have a podcast? And I was like, shame on you fuckers. <laughs> but I just got off the phone with Stephen, and his cousin's like, hey, hey, tell her I listen to the podcast. I was like, thanks. <laughs> Welcome Thank to you. the club. <laughs> now you can guest on it. Um, There's your um, men of color, though, that you need. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Brian Singh no. is actually hilarious. He is fucking great. They he's all so, are. He's so funny. so funny. I feel like he'd be he'd be hilarious to have I don't know if podcast. I could keep up. I might have to, like, work my way up to him. Like, start with Steven. And, like, because sometimes I'm like, whoa, you're quick, dude. Like, he's so funny. Like, we were in the same homeroom in high school. And that was uh-huh. pretty much all we ever interacted. We had a couple classes together. But I was, like, I always found him very funny. Funny, very witty. Yeah. And I was always just like, okay, Brian. And like, like, sneakily <laughs> witty. Like, mm-hmm. he's not, like, obnoxious no. with his humor. It's he's very, very subtle. Yes. It's great. <laughs> I like it. Excuse me. Okay, so. <laughs> Good start. Let's get into it. Who are you? What's your name? What's your age? What's your sign? I'm Jamie, and I am freshly 30. I turned yes. turned 30 last Sunday. Not Happy even a birthday, week. Happy birthday, Sag. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a full Sag. Full sad. Um, sun Sag, Libra Moon, Cancer Rising. Hmm. It's an odd combo, for sure. I find Libras and Cancers mostly to be pretty calm and even-headed, and then Sag is like, whoa! Yes. So you got a nice balance. I have a nice balance. Um, I'm definitely a Sag in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, very independent, that like... Um, fierce streak, very fire sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wanderlust always. Yeah. But then, like, my job is very, like, keep everyone at bay and make everyone calm and, like... Yeah. You know, so I guess I guess it makes sense. And I do keep, like, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, which is very cancer, but also not very sad. So yeah. So finding that balance between the two, I guess it's accurate, really. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all depends on um, how you look at it, too. Because some days I don't feel like a Capricorn at all, but... Yeah, I don't know much about... I have a couple Libra f- friends, but they're all so different. So I can't put my finger on the Libras. And just like the, the scales, the balance or whatever. Yeah. It's like, like their quintessence, but... Yeah, I have like one... My one Libra f- friend is Bethany Acker. I don't know if you... I know And of, she's of like her. very um, organized, on top of her shit, like methodical. And then my other friend, Steph, is a Libra... Not to say that she's disorganized or not methodical, but she's way more go with the flowy and just kind of like living whatever. Like I don't know. Bethany's kind of chilled out a lot too with like getting older, but I guess it all depends on their other fucking sign. So I don't know. Libra's one that I can't, and I know this Libra dude that I just cannot fucking <laughs> stand. I think it's different too with like the genders, but I, I don't know. He's he's just fucking. Nuts. Well, that's it because um. Sag is usually, like, you're spontaneous and you're, like, wild. Like, I am not spontaneous or wild. I am a very calculated 90-year-old woman. But I think <laughs> in personality, you have, like, a boisterous personality. And you're very, especially, I remember you in high school being, like, very much, like, is outspoken the word? Uh, like, probably I think you outspoken, were... yeah. I would, I would have, like, spoken in front of the whole school with like no sweat yeah yeah so that's probably true (laughs) yeah but not maybe not in your action more in your like yeah um so that leads to how did we meet i don't actually elementary school where did you go to elementary (laughs) school okay i was trying to i'm an indian greek girl like you yeah you're an indian i'm an indian greek the other end though the creek end not the five points end hmm but I'm a, a Barton. Yeah, because we weren't on person. the same bus. No. I, see, I was trying to remember if I remembered you from Barton, and I really, because of that two-year difference, we yeah. wouldn't have been in chorus or band or anything like right. that together. So maybe middle school? That's what I remember you from most. But I guess we've known each other <laughs> most since of our I was lives. five years I do always remember your mom, so that, yeah. Oh, bless her. <laughs> she just has, like, a very um, memorable face. I don't know why. We have the same and face. And haircut. Yeah. She has that, like, pixie, <laughs> pixie yeah. cut. Yeah. yeah. She's adorable. Yeah, she She's is like, so cute. She's, like, dictionary definition of, like, PTO mom. But so not in the extra way. She was no, like, she was like the perfect PTO mom. She just wants to mom you. She wasn't like a <laughs> obnoxious PTO mom. Not like an Instagram PTO mom. No. Like no. a, I'd go to work. Which didn't but, exist then. Right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like I still have a job. Um, what you doing? I'm a school counselor. Dope. Believe it or not. Um, I work for I a cyber school, so I work from home, which plays into my I'm a 90-year-old woman Grandma persona, and it's great. Um, Your house is very not grandma, though. We're back in Philly, by the way, y'all. And um, back where we recorded with Jess, and it's not grandma, but it's also not like a college house. Like, it's very young adult, and I love your decor. Thank you. I try to keep it kind of minimal, but like, like people live here. Not too minimal. Simple, classy, 
on a budget, we'll say. <laughs> a wonderful way to describe it. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> We're not in like a millionaire's home. We're going to be honest, but it's very nice. It like this nice. table, very nice. Didn't This buy blue it. is just all the feels. Because right. this... it's not like a sad blue. It's like almost gray. Yeah. I think it was actually called um, like chan- Chance of Rain, I think is this paint color. <laughs> so it is a little gloomy. <laughs> it's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love to comment on the decor when I'm in a new place. Um, you know, really set the scene for the listeners. So you are a middle school counselor. Do you still work at the bowling alley, too? I do. I'm also a bartender. Nice. <laughs> um, I love it. It gives me a nice balance between... I'm actually a high school counselor. Um, I have all seniors, so they're getting ready to graduate and go out into the real world, and they're all very stressed. Yeah, is that, like, annoying? <laughs> or do you, like, take on their stress? Are you, like, yes. bugging out Yes, and they're them? all, like, senioritising all over the place, and, you know, it's... A little it just... early for that. <laughs> we probably did it, too. It probably was not early when we were going through it. Right. Objectively, yes, it's much too early for that, but... What are you going to do? They've all gotten their, like, acceptances back, right? Should some, they're still, some of them are still in that application stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's till, like, March-ish. Okay. So a few more months. I've been furiously writing recommendation letters and sending transcripts and things like that. But working at the bar gives me a wonderful balance of yeah. not doing anything like that. You go from stressed out students to, like... Drunken without a care, just adults. chilling <laughs> there for there for leisure. Yeah, you know, and it's the same crew every week because, like you said, it's a bowling alley bar, so it's the exact same regulars. people every week. And do regulars tip better? I think so. Because because they know uh, they're gonna see me next week. Right. True, <laughs> so if they true, don't tip true. me well, I'm gonna be like, well, screw you. Right. <laughs> and if they like. We have a credit card system, but you can't tip on the card. Oh. So, like, if people forget that they need cash and they can't tip me, they'll be like, I'll get you next week. But then they actually do get me next week because they are there and I am also there. Right. So, it actually probably benefits me, yeah. realistically. That so. works out. But I really like it. I work every Monday night. Penny Lane's pub. Come see me. <laughs> I'm trying to come through. You work Monday night? Maybe mm-hmm. I'll come this Monday. I've been, like, drowning in dog's food. It's killing me. Like, I'm a slave to the fucking mud. <laughs> but I just finished one before I got, well, two dogs one place before I came over here. And that's where I was just texting. And I was like, thank you. And that's, like, my final, like, done. <laughs> thank you. Like, see you next time yeah. you need me. Yeah. And I did all these Christmas cards for all of my dog people. And I have 15 people. And probably, like... 28 dogs which is pretty crazy crazy but not all in one shot but I was like wow this has been a year I feel really good about writing out this Christmas card (laughs) but nobody else is getting one so if you're listening to this and you're my friend don't expect a fucking Christmas card because like I see you Jesus just what do you want from me (laughs) Christmas cards for clients only (laughs) literally some friends are clients and like they're getting cards but um, if you don't fall into that overlap category, no, then you, you get a, a hello text, maybe. <laughs> Not even Merry Christmas, just like, what's up, bitch? Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, do you have anything um, 
side projects? Anything fun you like to do? I have a meal prep business that I do as well. So I got, you know, my main hustle and my side hustle and like my extra side hustle. Um, What do you do with that? I really just like cooking and people are always like, oh, your food looks so good. I was like, I could do this like for a side job. Yeah. And I do, it's like four or five people a week, you know, it kind of varies. Um, And they order for the whole week, right? Yeah. So I'll put up five different meals for the week. I do just like a Google form and then Venmo payment, like very, very simple and not at all fancy or professional. Um, but I change the menu every week, rotate, you know, a a solid amount of meals. Um, I do a couple vegetarian for Deb, your first guest. This is, this is a callback (laughs) to the first episode for the intro. Hi Deb, I know you're listening. (laughs) She was like, tacos. I don't even think I ordered tacos. Yes, she was ordering from me. So yes, we've gone full circle. Um, she was very upset this week. Her husband left her tortillas in the fridge when he took her food home for her. Very sad time. Oh, no. She did order tacos this week. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get her tortillas. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it's, like, I don't want to say it's, like, lucrative because that makes it sound like I'm making a boatload of money, which I'm not. But I make a profit and Good. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. It gives me something very, like, tactile to do because I sit at a desk on a computer all day. And right. while bartending is very different, I wouldn't call it tactile either. It's more... It's probably repetitious after a while. Yeah, and that's more, like, customer service-y. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. It's more like the bartending is kind of just what you're doing in the meantime. Most of it is the conversation and, like, right, the social right, aspect, right. which I never thought I would like. But maybe it's just the kind of bar I'm in. Like, it's all just, like, real chill bowling alley people. Yeah, I can imagine, like, being at a bar where, like, a bunch of drunk college students are coming in would be, like, very frustrating. Whereas you're dealing with, like, a more relaxed... Yeah. I'm assuming probably a more relaxed... Very relaxed. Everyone's there for leisure. I work on a Monday, so no one's getting, like, trash. Right, right. They're having a couple beers after work. Right. And then they're going home, you know? So, yeah, so that's, like, my, my creative outlet, I guess, is the meal prep. And as somebody who um, loves to fucking cook, I ain't cooking for nobody but myself. Although I do have my little cooking series thing. Check it out. Meals NSFW. <laughs> shameless plug. On the YouTube. Um, it is, it's so freeing to, like, just throw a bunch of shit together mm-hmm. and, like, take your time cooking it. And then when you're done, just, like, you eat... There's, like, a scientific reasoning behind that, too, that you, like, eat slower when you have cooked something, when you take the time to prepare something for yourself. Not to Not to turn people off from ordering no, from you. It makes sense. <laughs> There's something about it, but it is, like, a, it's kind of like an art form. It's cool. I like to cook. I'm not very good at it, but. I don't think I'm that great at it, but other people seem to. Think I'm good it. enough. Yeah, so, well, your turkey I, meatballs were bomb, so... Thank you. Yes, you've eaten several of my dishes probably yes. at this point, so I guess you can speak to it as well. Everything I've ever eaten here has been awesome. I've never... With that being said, I'm not very picky. <laughs> <laughs> Me so the either. the standard isn't very... Yeah. No, I'm just Me kidding. either. <laughs> so... Um, so, what makes you tick? What freaks you out? What gives you anxiety? <sighs> My exorbitant debt gives me anxiety from college and my master's degree as I push my glasses up on my nose. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, 
I have a master's degree. I make that joke all the time. I'll be like, well, my master's degree says, um, while I'm like psychoanalyzing people at the bar. Um, not even like my students. Yeah, I was going to say, forget the students. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so for... Let's get to the real work. For the listeners here, I have a master's degree in counseling psychology. Um, ergo, school counselor, or I'm also qualified to work in mental health. Um, so, but in school counseling, you do less of the mental health stuff. Right. It's more like academic, some social, emotional, like, you're not getting real deep into mental health. Which always kind of bothered me about high school, because I thought that that's what the counselors were supposed to be. And I would have loved, which I guess that's what Meredith's position really was. But yeah. I don't think I was, she, well, like, was damaged enough. She was a social enough. worker. Yeah. Was, was she the social worker or was she the psychologist? I think Melanie Greenberg would know. I think she was the social worker. She might have been qualified to be a psychologist or have her degree in psychology yeah. or something. But I remember but, Meredith having curly hair. Yeah. She, she reminded me of, um, this is kind of maybe fucked up, but you remember uh, Powerpuff Girls? Yeah. Powderpuff Girls? <laughs> yes. Powerpuff, what is pa- it? Power, power. power. It was powder puff football. Yes. <laughs> powder puff girls. Yes. See, I'm not even drinking tonight, and I don't know how I'm fucking saying. It's just where we are in life. <laughs> um, the teacher from Powerpuff Girls, where you never see her face, but she was always in the red, like, she had red curly hair, yeah. and the red, <laughs> that's what she always That was Meredith to you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> It's not, like, a shade moment, either. It's just, like, just she was one of the few people that gave a fuck to get, like, super dressed up every day. Yeah. Um, That's true. She always had, like, heels on and stuff. And I was like, girl, you go. Yeah, like, work it. Because she probably sat in her office most of the day and didn't have to probably walk true. around. But, um... I forget how we got here. You are... You have your master's, and your debt is fucking crippling. Yes. Um, Where did you get your degrees? Temple. Both of them? Both of them, yeah. I did my first two years of undergrad at Towson University. In Maryland? In Maryland. Okay. Towson, I said it like a Marylander because they yelled at me for two years because I said Towson because I'm from (laughs) outside of Philly. I think I always said it the right way because um, a lot of people... Because ship was so close to Maryland. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people had friends there or that was their first choice. And then they were like, I don't have the money, so I'm going to Shippensburg. <laughs> yeah, I went out of state. Um, it was a dumb idea. And then after two years, I was like, oh, I don't get guaranteed housing in a dorm anymore. And now I have to get an apartment, which is more money. So I'm going to go back home and live with my parents in good old L-Town and commute, commute to Temple. Um, and the guy I was dating at the time was transferring from Bucks to Temple, as everyone does right. in that area. Um, yeah, my brother did. So, why not? It's and a good school. It's a really good it's school. It's a really good school, and I loved it. I didn't live there, which is, I think, why I could love it. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to live there. Um, my brother lived there. He lived, I forget where his first house was. It was kind of little sketchy where yes. he lived. <laughs> And most and then, of it is. Then he moved to Fishtown, and he had this awesome apartment. And that was cool. That wasn't far from here. That was, like, a really nice setup. Um, but he's back home, too, because, like, like, crippling debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I moved to the city in the first place when I went to grad school, and I was going back to Temple. I was like, I don't want to do that commute anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take the train. So I was renting a place in Fishtown then. I lived there for, like, almost two years before I bought this place. Um, but yeah, the, my crippling debt, I really want a PhD, 
but I can't justify even thinking about one because it'll it'll be another like hundred grand. Yeah, which easily makes me want to die a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I haven't come back for my master's, and also like I'm not using my bachelor's really. I mean, like a little bit for my freelance writing, but like. I can't justify it until I get, like, a very clear, defined career path. And even then, I don't think that I need one for the career that I want to pursue yet, right. at least until my 30s. I also would like to move out of my dad's house before I'm 30. So, like, maybe that before I go and put myself in more school debt. Also counting on somebody forgiving loans. Some hacker just going in and wiping them all. Something. <laughs> like... I can only hope. Do you have private student loans? Mine are all federal. Yeah, mine too. So mine are all like, federal. So fingers crossed, fingers motherfucker. Crossed. Let's get this shit oh, going. No, I would, I would cry so many happy tears if oh my, my debt was, even if like half of it was gone. Yeah. Because I'm in like the 90s. Yeah. Which is That's stupid. High. My master's alone was like 55. Yeah. So, and then my parents have some in their name. Bless them for doing that for yeah. me. Um, as the youngest, I got all of their, like, last Last efforts, which was nice. (laughs) Thank you. like, this is the last stretch. We're fucking done. They were like, we're done. This is the last one. We can give her all of our money. Thank you, mom and dad. You're wonderful. You're not listening to this, but thank you. If they ever do. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know what Spotify is. (laughs) (laughs) They literally don't know. My, um, my dad helped me out with housing when I was there. My mom and dad did. My mom took my Discover student loans, which was like, she paid like two grand. And I paid the other thousand. After I lost my scholarship, I had to take out some private loans. But it was only like three grand. And then um, the rest is mine. It's like 33 and climbing because I just don't pay them. And it's not like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. But I'm like a pay-as-you-earn thing. Mm-hmm. And because I technically don't really make any money, right? they're not charging me, but they collect the fucking interest. So it's just like something that I like every February go and click the boxes I have to. And I'm just like out of sight, out of mind, because if I think about it, like I'm going to drive myself insane. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, yeah. I need to pay off my car. <laughs> well, and that's the crazy uh, part is like. I have the in- income-based whatever yeah. as well. IDR, and like, I think it's called. Yeah, but, like, I'm using my master's. Like, I needed my master's to have my current position. I make reasonable money, mm-hmm. and I still can't afford the prescribed payment. Right. They wanted me to pay, like, almost $1,000 a month. Well, and you pay a mortgage, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But, like, they don't care about each other. No. Which is why I'm, like... <laughs> which is wild. I cannot make money on paper or I will never be able to move out, which... Don't tell the government this. I should probably... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> My dad supports me. <laughs> that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, that is probably the root of most of my anxiety honestly is just like that number because like the mortgage it's like I pay it every month it is what it is and I get something out of it right actively right like if I don't pay the mortgage my house goes away yes (laughs) the student loans is much more like they're not going to come and take your degree I've always said that so it's like like, revoke your degree because you're not paying right they can fuck your credit but so but yeah, I did the income-driven repayment as well and now pay a reasonable amount. Right. But even, like, for my salary, which is better than 
a chunk of people, mm-hmm. I can't afford what they want me to pay. Right. Which I think is ridiculous because I do okay. Yeah. Comparatively speaking right. to other people in our age bubble. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like, if you have children or like anything else that you're paying for, you you can't afford it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand how people do it, honestly. I know there's like a lot of awesome programs for people that um first time home buyers and stuff when you have kids and things where you can get sort of assistance, but it still seems like they're just like keeping their heads above water. So yeah. like I'm I'm very fortunate, but I also have that panicky moment where I'm like, if my dad were to ever die, I would, knock on fucking wood, I would be fucked. Like, not that I don't have other family that would, like, help me out and take me in, but but I would really have to, like, buckle down and, like... like, Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Do something. Because I do have the luxury to not have to take, like a bartending job or like a service industry job or whatever and devote all my time to these creative projects that will hopefully be lucrative someday. Yeah, the gamble. That it is. So I want to talk about our little, um, oh, how did we phrase this? Our, our neuroses. Our neuroses. <laughs> our small, I, so you think that like, your, a majority of your anxiety comes from student loans, etc. I think, though, my anxiety really did... Well, part of it's Christianity and, like, guilt and all that stuff, which I know has a big impact. But I think a huge part of it is the whole gifted child complex. Mm-hmm. That, too. So... I think they tie together, though, actually. Probably. Probably. There were a lot of kids, too, that were, like, in youth group with me that were in the gifted program. So I wonder how... That interacts. Um, but what what year did you get tested for this? I think kindergarten. I was, like, super early. And mm-hmm. I remember in, like, first grade being one of, like, two kids in prep. We yep. were, like, mixed in with, like, the second graders. Yeah. We, I was, like, it was very, very early for me. And when you were there, did they do prep and enrichment? Like, if you, like... Didn't get quite high enough in IEP, GIEP. You were put in the class with the prep kids, but you didn't, like, test high, so they would retest them every yeah. year or whatever. Yeah, there were, not every year did we have that. I think that was, like, like maybe, like, fourth and fifth grade. Maybe, yeah. Because um, there was a different teacher before Miss Petrick. Yeah, what was her name? Miss Spizer. Spizer, yes. She, I vaguely remember her. She was the librarian at Armstrong until a couple years ago when she retired. Really? Yeah, she became the librarian when they got rid of prep. Because they got rid of that. That's crazy. I forgot all about her. I yeah. only remember the Miss Petrick, Miss Ryan, whatever. Yeah, Miss Ryan now. <laughs> is she um, still in the district? She is the librarian at Truman, actually. No shit. Miss Ryan is, yeah. Oh my god, I have to go see her <laughs> and give her a piece of my fucking mind. If you're listening to this, you probably ruined my whole psyche. Like, I'm pretty sure you fucked me up. Good. I could, like, I think I'm friends with her on Facebook. I could, like, tag her in this or something. Just, like, please don't. Please don't. Oh my god, she would probably have something so bitchy to say to me. Ugh, I hated her. Why did you hate her? So. Spill the tea. She was mean. Okay, but that's fine, right? 
But I think, okay, I was trying to think about this before the episode to, like, get, like, fully form my thoughts, because that's, like, such a distant, weird memory. Did you do Humanities humanities yeah. in high school? Yes. I know you were in with Kinlock, but... Yeah, because it was still English for us. It was every Same. year. Yeah, yeah, so my senior year was when... Oh, no, it wasn't. It was yeah. an elective for me. It was our senior year, like, 2008 was the first year it wasn't just your English class. Right. Um, so it was much more like middle school was, where you just all, like, regardless of the rest of your schedule, you're together in this one class, right. all you gifted types. Um, gifted so, with air quotes, guys. With air quotes. <laughs> My IQ is something. I don't even know what the cutoff is anymore. I don't either. It's and something. I think it's like one thirty, but whatever. I think when we were tested in kindergarten, like, how accurate can that truly be? Not to say that we're not... I believe that... There are different types of intelligence. Absolutely. Like, I was terrible at math. Like, I could never do math. But, like, as far as English goes, like, I'm very good at writing and grammar. And, like, so to, to generalize everybody, I don't know. Anyway, continue. I think, I think that's it. When you're, like, when you get tested as, like, a super young kid, like, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, it's mostly your, like, verbal reasoning skills. Right. There's no math on an IQ test. It's, like... Just like there basic like shape stuff, I yeah. remember. There's like shape stuff, there's it's like logic, not yes. computation. Cause that stuff builds on skills over time. Everything else is kind of like your base how you think, not what you know. Yeah, okay. So like that's kind of the so they say your IQ is pretty pretty set, even from like a really young age. Um I don't know I how feel way more stupid than I was at five years old. Well, you didn't know all the stuff you didn't know at five. So True. <laughs> you thought you knew it all exactly. at five and 15 and probably also 25. Yeah. So right. <laughs> here we are. But yeah, so senior year, it was like during course selection when we still did it on like those carbon papers. Remember that? When it was like you did like the... There was, like, the white copy and the pink copy and the yellow copy, and you had to, like, fill out what courses you were going to take. Yeah, And your teacher had to sign it and, like, approve it. Yes, 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 yes. We were doing that, and it was literally, like, oh, by the way, humanities isn't English next year. It's an elective now. And we were all, like, what? What? Like, we didn't... So you just had an honors English class your senior year? Most of us took AP anyway. Oh, right, right. So we all... We took AP, but then most of us still took humanities because we were like I don't know what to do without it yeah we were because so... we were all together for so many years and a lot of people don't like that so being an education person being mm-hmm. the teacher and counselor that I am like um there's the least restrictive environment which is like what is best case for um students in special ed you know you'll hear that in like an IEP what is the least restrictive environment for this student? It might be the general ed classroom with push-in from a special ed teacher. It might be, you know, it's different for every student. Okay. Um, Most often in special ed, and I'm gesturing of like an umbrella because it is very broad. Right. But you want the student in general ed as much as possible. Right. You know, the least amount of pull-out, the least amount of put, whatever you can do. Because that's the least restrictive. Mm-hmm. For gifted, as much as I believe that for, you know, the lower end, I don't believe that as much for gifted. And it sounds very, like, you know... Pretentious. Pretentious, or, yeah. exactly. But 
I needed that 45 minutes a day with other people like me. Right. Like that, because by, you know, middle school, we had two periods a day. It was like an hour and a half. And then all of high school, we had at least that 45 minutes. Right. Where everyone is on your intellectual level. And in middle and high school, it's a wide variety of intellectual levels. I really, like, needed that. I flourished in that, you know, I thought that I did. I always thought that I did. But I really think that it gave me a complex. Which, this is where it's coupled with the Christianity, I think. Like, this better than complex that, like, I am superior. I am special. And then I went to college and I was like, you know, I almost got cum laude, but like, I was like, I'm not shit. I'm really not that smart. And I don't know if it was a curriculum thing or especially in high school because we didn't, it was elective for us and it was more of, it actually was humanities class. Mm -hmm. Like it was very arts driven. It wasn't like so much like college prep type stuff, but I think that it made me feel like, and I don't know, there are some people that are doing very well for themselves out of that program, but I look at a lot of the kids that were just in a couple honors classes or were in more general ed classes, and I'm like, you're all doing better than me, and it gives me this, like, existential dread, like, what the fuck did I live for 18 years of my life, or, you know, 13 that I was in school, like, fuck my life, I could have been, like, so much more kind and loving and everything for a reason. Like, I don't regret any of it. But it all started with Miss Petrick because she was the one that, like, reinforced this, like, you are the cream of the crop. You are the, like, you know, Beyonce of Clara Barton. <laughs> like, all of you people are, like, supposed to be, like, these celebrities. And, like, we all had our art hung on the walls. And, like, we just got this, like, we got to do special stuff. So we had much extra field stuff. trips. Like yeah. we had our own field trips. Yeah. And we got to Which leave cool. class and like go to our own special class. Yeah. And, and I don't devalue it because I learned a lot from the the time spent in that classroom. And like you said, like I think it was important to be in that community of people. And like it did teach me to think outside the box in a way, but it also restricted my thinking in a large way that I don't think I realized until like maybe graduating college and like depression really hit me because I was like oh my god like I think I'd be a way better off if I was just in honors classes or but you know I don't know who's to say after being like working in high school and like kind of seeing it from the outside Mm -hmm. now and it's a little different because like Truman doesn't have the humanities that like I had where it's a required class. Right. So, but even seeing it in middle school, cause I did like my student teaching and stuff. Like I observed Kinlock's class and yeah. some of those kids were the kids that I student taught. Shout out to them. If any of them <laughs> listen to this, yeah. they're great. Love them. Um, but I think the social part is m- actually more important than the academic part. Cause a lot of it, the curriculum's the same. You're reading the same book. You're just reading it faster. Yeah. Like, a lot of the the curriculum is grade-based. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But the... But I don't think the other kids were reading The Odyssey and, like, shit that we read in middle school. Well, that was because Kinlock went rogue. Yeah. He's he different. <laughs> we he doesn't count. Some, and that class <laughs> taught me a lot, like, a lot more than... 
And even the elementary school, we were doing stuff that was different. High school was just a whole fucking... We just sat on the, the max every day. We made the <laughs> stupidest fucking videos because we had globbits all three years. And we just, like, yeah. did whatever the fuck we wanted. Like, we ran that show. We would lie to oh, that yeah. poor she woman. Did. She didn't care. <laughs> we had a cake day my senior year in humanities because we didn't have a curriculum and Lebo didn't know what to do with us. I vaguely remember that. So we had cake day every Friday. Had to be homemade. Couldn't buy a cake. <laughs> Someone just brought in a every cake Friday. every Friday. Other teachers would ju- come in. I think the juniors, the year under, you did that too. Because they had her. We didn't have her ever. Thank God. I had her for AP English. And you know what? I hope you're fucking listening because I saw her at a fundraiser for Truman like two years ago, maybe. I went to um, Panera for Truman Theater and she was there and she pretended like she didn't know who I was. And I was like, bitch. Beowulf, you know who I am. Also, you, like, they all had my two little brothers. So, like, I know I've been out of high school for, like, ten years now. Yeah. But, like, you fuckers know me. Right. Ugh, Lebo, you bitch. <laughs> it's okay. I worked there last year and she complained every day about about something. And I would be like, I'll take your job. I don't have a contract. Right? Like, I will, I'll take it all day. Goddamn headband's so. too tight. It's <laughs> <laughs> gift for marrying a cop. No offense to the boys in blue, okay? We're 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 friendly to no all shade, here. No shade, no um, shade. Yeah, okay. So yeah, high school was a weird time, and Ken Locke went rogue. So anything he taught us doesn't really fit, fit. with my theory there. But I, the the social part, I feel like was more important, and they they did like hammer in. You're the cream of the crop. Like mm-hmm. you're the smartest. You're the whateverist. But. I, and I, I think that definitely backfires later. It definitely when you're no, when you're no longer the best and right. the smartest. When there's way more of a sample size and right. there's way more people smarter than How you. How many people did you graduate with? I think we had like three fifty. Okay, at Truman, my year. I don't even remember anymore because I, I think I graduated like eleventh or like fourteenth out of three forty or something. And I was, that was like my huge bragging point when I went to college. I was like, I was president of a national honor society. I gave a speech at graduation. And then I get like straight C's and all these classes. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm dropping classes. (laughs) I am a piece of shit. Like, I'm so average. Why am I in college? I should have just gotten married and become a mom. No offense to the moms out there. No no shade. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why am I $30,000 in debt for this shit? Um, But no regrets. Seriously, no regrets. But I do think a lot of us had a complex, and I think a lot of us have grown out of it. Most, I think everybody I know is. Yeah. I think we probably all went to college with that complex, but that that's actually what brought it all together for me. Um, we're talking about the student loans. Like, we never had a choice but to go to college. Nope. No It was choice. never an option to do anything else. Nope. And before, you and I very much privileged talking about, oh, yeah, master's degrees. Like, yeah. Like, it's no thing. Right. And it's like, that's partially privileged, but partially, like, expectation. Yes, definitely. And, like, like I never questioned that I was going to go to college. Once I went to college, and I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have to get a master's degree. And it wasn't, like, a question. Yeah. It was just like, I have okay let's keep going mm-hmm. and now I'm just like oh yeah I would like a PhD like it's a cheeseburger right. like, like it's nothing seriously and I think the there's definitely some sort of intertwining mm-hmm. of that like gifted complex right. and like <laughs> how it, it's expected yes Ooh, story time 
I have one. Let's go. <laughs> so middle school, like I guess it was eighth grade. I was like a little a little punk trying to like. You were so emo. I love it. I tr- I tried. It's not a phase, mom. <laughs> it's still not a phase. I say that to her all the time. I get a new tattoo or a new piercing or something, and I'm just like, it's not a phase, mom. <laughs> She's kind of over it. Um, but it was like my brother was. He graduated when I was in like sixth grade, but he was a very average student. Like, if he got a couple A's, he was getting, like, a reward. Mm-hmm. And I never got anything. Mm-hmm. I got straight A's, like, I'm pretty sure all of middle school. Like, every marketing yeah. grade for three years. And if nobody gave like a, a shit. If you had, like, a B plus, it was like, <gasps> Yeah, and <gasps> nobody gave a shit. So, I guess it was, like, third marking period of something in eighth grade. And I was like, so, I'm not going to do this anymore if you guys are just going to expect it. I, like, yeah. gave a talking to to my parents. I was like... This is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like, I understand that I'm intelligent and, like, motivated, but don't take it for granted. Right. So then I'm, I was like, if I get straight A's, I want something. I want a reward. Yeah. Like, I'm 13. I earned it, goddammit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was like a kid. I was 13 years old, yeah. you know? So I got straight A's, as usual. <laughs> no, no extra effort on my part. I made my mother buy me an outfit from Hot Topic. <laughs> Like, the pants with the straps and stuff on them. Oh, and she hated every second of being... I made her go in there with me and buy it with... Not just give me money for it, but, like, do the process with me. Yeah, she hated it. But then she did understand my point. And she was just like, yeah, you're right. That we shouldn't do that to you. That's not right of us to do to you. And it still kind of continued, like, till now. Probably till today. (laughs) But... You know, expectation aspect. Yeah, it's like the the bar was set very high when I was like five. Yeah. You know, when they were like, your kid's gifted. Here's a sticker. Right. Like, and I can't ever get away from it. I feel <laughs> you. It's interesting, though, because you're the youngest. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest and I have two younger brothers. So I set that bar and I do feel very bad for them. Um not anymore because like Curtis didn't end up my youngest brother didn't end up going to college and even my grandma's like not everybody has to go to college like everybody's like super okay with it and my dad's like don't go to college because you're gonna waste your money but because my brother took my middle brother took a couple extra years to get through and he's pissed now because he has all he went to he went to ship for two years came back went to box and then he went to temple so he's like up there with you with a master's degree debt and like he's just livid he's like yeah. I should have never fucking gone but I think I'm proud of him for doing it I think yeah. he learned a lot um but I set that bar for them and I feel really bad because I wasn't necessarily rewarded it was always expected of me I did get like I think my grandparents would maybe be like oh you got straight A's like let's go get ice cream kind of thing yeah. like you know something minimal or like I remember after, like, every band and chorus concert, like, we'd go out and celebrate. Friendlies. It was always friendlies. So I wasn't, like, you know, like, some people's parents where it was, like, you know, you get a B in your ground. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, mine were not like that at all. But there was a level of expectation. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of pressure. But my poor brothers, like, they were, because they never met those expectations. And I don't think because they're not intelligent enough. I just don't think they wanted to. Yeah. Like, Curtis is so social. So I know that that was a, a big thing for him. 
Um, and he was also seven years younger than me, so it was kind of just like, all right, let's just get him through. <laughs> Cody, I think, is, like, this is what I mean by different types of intelligence. Like, I'm good at communicating, so I present as intelligent. I think so. <laughs> Somebody thought so, obviously. Right. Whereas Cody, does, Cody doesn't have as good communication skills, but his mind definitely works at the same level that mine does, if not better. And he's very hands-on. He's very mechanical. And unfortunately, tests in school don't test for that. Right. So, like... It's all about how you communicate the answer. Exactly. Yeah. So he got kind of screwed in the whole equation, and I always felt bad for that. But I think after my parents divorced, which was, like, right before my senior year of college, everything that was expected of us basically went out the window like we then could curse in front of my parents <laughs> we then could like you know the like, bar was not home. lowered it was thrown it out was thrown <laughs> out completely like I'd come home at three in the morning and my dad'd be like what the hell were you doing last night and I'd be like oh my god what's gonna happen and he'd be like whatever I'm just worried about you and like there's no like you know like no stern talking to's anymore yeah, like I got in trouble in college, and it was kind of like, well, you're on your own. Like, figure it out. Pay for it yourself. And, you know, we love you. We're disappointed, but get your shit together, and, you know, you're there an you adult. <laughs> so I, I do think it stressed me out a lot. But I think it's internalized now where it's like every time I do something dumb, like the one time I had a dog situation where I started two different people with two tiny dogs each Two totally different locations. Like, one's in Jersey, one's in Langhorn, at the same, like, two-week interval. So, the one woman texted me, and I'd been drinking that night. Who texts somebody after 9 o'clock on a Saturday night? Like, come the fuck on, bitch. Like, and she was like, hey, are you available for this date and this date? And I thought she was the other woman, Mm. and I texted her back, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I gave you the wrong pricing, which, fortunately, I gave her the higher pricing, and, like, I could just, like, correct it and be like, oh, you're in Pennsylvania? Like, okay, this is what it is. But I didn't realize until the next morning. And I beat myself up over it for so long. And I remember that starting with Miss fucking Patrick. Because if you forgot your number two pencil, you had to go back to class. And it was like shame. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you were accosted in a way. Like there, there is definitely a level of shaming to like. And comparison you, amongst yeah, your peers. A lot peers. of comparison. A lot of like. Putting people in arbitrary small groups with the ruse of socialization and learning to work together, but really, it's all some is that weird, it? sick little competition. Yeah. I, f- I feel like anyway, and I don't know that they knew that they were doing that. Like I don't think it was nefarious by nature. Like I think they were trying to help, but I, I it fucked me up. I don't know how my peers are doing from my age range. Like a lot, I know Michelle talked about her anxiety and being like. A lot of them became teachers. What's Sarah Chitzik doing? Can we talk about her? Hey, Sarah. I don't know what she's doing. I don't Sarah. know what she is. <laughs> um, I don't really talk to Sarah. I talked to her brother. He yeah. was here the other day. <laughs> and I wonder about her. I know Am- my friend Amber from class, she went to do, um, she went to be a teacher and then she switched to do some sort of accounting or something. She's doing well. Frank Novak's a teacher. Well, Laura's a teacher. Laura's a teacher. I wonder if it's like this psychological thing that you're like so school. We all, well, yeah. You, I say it all Bethany's the time. Bethany's a I'm teacher. Like, yeah, like I was good at school. Yeah. School is my mm-hmm. wheelhouse. 
let me continue school forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I bet I'll just keep getting more degrees and I'll keep working in school yeah. and eventually I, I'll just die. I went in for school. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because you're never going to be able to retire in this fucking no, economy. Eventually I'll just die and then all my debt will go away because I'll never have any kids because one, I can't afford them. And two, I'll be raising other people's kids in school. And how can you bring kids into this world? Oh, my God. Nope, God nope, bless nope. the mothers and fathers out there again. Yes. Um, You're doing I, the Lord's work, for sure. I went for English secondary education, and then I realized one of my fucking awesome... She wasn't my personal advisor, but she was like, if your heart's not in it, you know that. Like, you can, you have to make this decision. And I was like, you know, I thought I wanted to go to school for the rest of my life, but I think I really want to live outside of this because I don't think I know who I am outside of school, and that's not a good identity for yeah. me. I still don't, really. Yeah. Like, my identity is very much entrenched in academia. Yeah. Like, I'm, I was good at school, in school, like, as a student, and then I student taught at Truman. Mm-hmm. I've worked at Truman multiple times and in the district elsewhere a couple times. I subbed in the district when I got my ma- while I was getting my master's. Like Laura and Michelle did too. Subbed yeah. and-, and a couple other people. I've seen. I've like re- recognized faces of like people that were grades behind me in high school that I like didn't really know but like saw. Right. And then when I was working there last year, I'd see them like student teaching or interning or whatever. I'd be like. I know that face. That's right. a and oh, you know um, it's nice when you're stressed in student teaching or interning and you're not being paid to work full time. Yeah, which is a whole other <laughs> disaster. Problem, yeah, but to be somewhere comfortable at least, if that is your only reprieve right. from your stress, is to be like at least I know where the bathroom is in this building. True, and at yeah. least I know where the copy machine is and who the cool teachers are that I can bitch to. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Fucking high school, man. Yeah. It sucks. (laughs) But yeah, so if you were labeled gifted and you now have extreme anxiety about your life, join the club. Uh, We meet every Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) We have to. It has to be organized. (laughs) Yes. Bring your number two pencil. And you're reading an Olympics book. And you're reading an Olympics book, which the book of the month is going to be The Odyssey. (laughs) Thank you, Kim Locke, okay. for making us read that in seventh Kim grade. Kim Locke, we're coming to the Dog and Bull Sunday night to discuss it. I can't believe he bartends there. He's still, still he yet. still works there. It's funny. I'm the most ironic school counselor. My supervisor calls me that because I'm like, I'm not patient. I don't like kids. I don't have like a nurturing bone in my body, but like I do. I think you. I do, but not like outwardly. No, not overtly. You're it's a caring very, person, but you wouldn't know it by like interacting with me. On, like, a surface Right, level. right. It's, like, I do my job, and I'm good at my job, but, like, I don't know. It's definitely ironic. I'm... You're a no-bullshit-type person. Yeah, that's why opinion. I have the seniors. That's yeah. why my supervisor assigned me a all-senior all caseload. Because they need... Yeah, they need structure. Are we barking? Riled up? Somebody home? Wouldn't be the first time you heard a dog bark on this podcast. Yeah. Welcome Somebody to Dog home. City. <laughs> Dogs are the best. Dogs are better than people. So they can bark if they want to. Yeah, but you know what? After like a week and a half, going on two weeks of it, I'm like, <laughs> blow my brains out already. Sorry. Trigger warning. Trigger warning? No, right, no I- suicide talk. I don't like that. The yeah. other day I was at this, um, my friend's daughter's for, or second birthday party, and 
um, the father's cousin, who I know, we went to, like, the bachelorette party together, and, like, you know, it was a weekend in Canada, so, like, we really got to know each other that weekend. I was trashed the whole time, so I don't know how much, how much of my good side really showed, but um, she's, like, very, I don't know the, the best word for it without being offensive. Like, she just says whatever the fuck she wants whenever the fuck she wants to say it, and she was like, somebody called, or thought I was my sister, and I, I'm oh, my God, I'd kill myself. And I was like, oh, no, because honestly, I really wasn't paying attention. I was, like, texting on my phone, like, trying to, like, oh, no. get work done. And she was like, no, no, I don't mean that. Like, don't call the cops on me. You seem like a person that would call the cops on me. And I was like, well, I know you're joking, but also don't joke like that. Not a, not yeah, funny. Bad joke. Not a good joke. <laughs> like, people at the table have attempted suicide, you dumb bitch. Anyway. <laughs> If you're listening, love you, girl. <laughs> also, if you need help, there's hotlines. Yeah, there's hotlines. You can always Facebook message me. I don't have the words, but I'll listen. I have, I, I have a problem with that because I put out so many things. It's not a problem. I, get, I don't know. Take it as you will. But I put out so many things about... Because I've had so many people, like my uncle, like family members that have intentionally committed suicide and... I've gone through my depression issues. I've known a lot of people that have gone through their depression issues. And I always put out that, like, if you need somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out. And then now anytime any rando messages me, I have to reply to them. And I'm like, are you trying to get the booty or do you need help? (laughs) It's like, if you're trying to get the booty, I'm ignoring you. But also, if you're very sad, go ahead. But also... I'm not going to be able to help you because I'm also a fucked up individual. So maybe seek out help. But like therapy is not accessible to everyone. I just, in- I switched my insurance, everybody. So we're making sure. <laughs> I started therapy last week, actually. Just last week. Yeah. How'd it go? Um, so I went to my intake like two weeks ago. And I had this woman who was not the person that I looked up to like go to that place. But it's just the intake. So it's whatever. And I hated it. She was terrible. She told me I had to talk quieter. She questioned if I really wanted therapy. She said that I was impatient and sarcastic and that that would Doesn't not that work. Doesn't make you the perfect candidate? Right. You've got a defense <laughs> up? Like. Um, yeah, so apparently she didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> but then I actually went to a session last week and she was like a different person. But it's the same lady. Same lady. So, so what's intake like? What's intake that? is just a billion questions. Just like medical history, family history, all the history. It, it, there's no actual counseling happening. It's just getting all of the details, literally following a form. So there's nothing personal about it. So that's strange for her to make those assessments or judgments based upon, like, general <laughs> questions that are, like, fact-based right. for the most part. Like, any family illness? No. <laughs> okay. Do you want to be here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was very strange. I was very taken aback by it. Um... But then when I went to the actual session last week, it was, it started off well. Now, in my intake, she was like, why do you feel the need to come to therapy? She wanted like a general answer. And then she was like, if I want, if I need more info, I'll ask, you know, clarifying questions. And I was like, well, in that initial statement, I mentioned my grief. And then that's all she was focusing on. I was like, well, it's not. Like, I don't need help going through the stages of grief. Like, I'm doing that, and I think I'm doing that well. Yeah. But I th- And I was like, it's more like uh, I don't care about anything anymore because of my trauma. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
But then she was like, and then she kind of said something like, not offensive, but like a little off in response to that. So I was just like, oh no, fuck this bitch. I was not having it. But then she was like pretty okay last week. Um, And they say, give everyone like two to three weeks. Right. Build that rapport. So I'm going back again this week. I intend to go back at least, you know, a handful of times. And then if we don't seem to be building a relationship, I'll, you know, find someone else. But I'm finally going. Yeah. (laughs) Never actually been to therapy before other than my grief counseling like two years ago. Right. Um, But yeah, so that's, it's a different experience. And it's weird because I am... I'm certified to do the same thing. Right. That's what I was going to say. You probably have such a like insider perspective. So like when you're being asked questions or whatever, you're like anticipating moves or yeah. Well, and she asked me in the first session last week, like how did the intake go? And I was like, I mean, it was exactly what I expected because I know exactly what an intake looks like. Right. So I didn't expect to have a conversation. I expected a litany of questions and almost no you know, friendliness. Mm -hmm. And that's what I got. So I wasn't shocked. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it's hard to work with someone who does have the same training as you or even any sort of similar counseling or psychological training as you because they do know. And they know, even if they don't know everything that you know, there's some overlap. Right, right. And they're some of the hardest people to treat because they try to treat themselves right. first. Right. And I've definitely done that to myself. Right. Going back to like being a gifted kid, like I can't be depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> the top of the pile. Yeah. Also, have some trauma, y'all. It's fine. You'll be all right. <laughs> I I um obviously don't have a degree in anything psychological, but I well, one, the Christianity thing was like always like look to God for your peace or for your whatever. See, I don't have that. So when you reject that, things crumble down. But you're also a whole new like things crumble down, but the wall is open. And now like you're like, oh, my God, so many possibilities. But with, I think with the communication journalism thing, you learn to be a skeptical and see things from so many angles and read, read so many sources. So I have like self-diagnosed myself with all these things. So I'm my first step is to go to my general practitioner because the Blue Cross fucking website and they're like all psychiatric treatments. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I should go to get like an official diagnosis, but I really just want to go to therapy. Like I yeah. don't want medication. And medication, I used to be very anti-medication, like very anti-medication. And now I am pro medication for others I think that it's done wonders for a lot of my friends I am not the candidate for it I'm 100% with you on that I if you you collective you yeah want it and it works for you and you it's done in a you know proper way and is diagnosed not abused absolutely for me I don't as goes back being a fucking gifted kid I don't want the help yeah. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. I'm going to fix my fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's reliance. I think that, like, our generation maybe particularly has a lack of coping skills because mm-hmm. of immediate gratification and certain right. things. So I'd like some coping tools. But I also know with my substance habits, like, I am a binge drinker. I am... 
I'm a binge everything. Binge eater, binge smoker, binge... Like, if I'm smoking pot, I'm smoking pot every day for whatever. That's why I don't buy pot anymore because, like, I'll hit it if you have it. But if it's not there when I get home, I am way better for it. And I've been very good with my drinking lately. I built up my liquor cabinet so that I have bottles and I'm, like, not drinking them. Like, I'm just like, you can stay there they for three nice. months. And I am fine. So, like, now that I'm at this point, I don't want to throw another thing into the mix. Yeah. Because I had an Adderall problem for a little bit where, like, I would be spending all my money on fucking Adderall. And, like, because if I'm starting it, it's going to be a yeah. thing. So, I don't want to fall into that. I also don't. I, 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 for me, it's not for everybody, but for me, it's the easy way out. Like, it's like, don't do the work on yourself. Some people do need it. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that everybody, but for me, it would be the easy way out because here I am fine. Like I'm fine. I'm not bipolar. Like I don't need something to regulate my mood or whatever. Like I just need proper techniques to cope with my issues. Right. Not medication is not the correct first line of defense for every issue. Yes. And for not for some me. people. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think for me either. I think I would resent it and myself. Yeah. And also all of my trauma and therefore my depression stems from someone else's substance abuse. So right. I'm very like resistant right. to consume anything. I don't even really drink anymore. Like, I have a pack of cigarettes a week. Yeah. You know, like, I don't do anything. I don't smoke weed. I don't do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it, it just doesn't, it never appealed to me a lot. But I've never done any other substances. I've smoked weed a couple of times, but I've never done anything else. And even then, I, like, never really liked it. It's mm-hmm. not for me, whatever. Um, just makes me sleepy, and I have no problem sleeping. So yeah. it's not really worth it. Um, why spend my money? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like, why do I want to add that to the equation when that's kind of the stem of the problem? I get to. For me, and that's a totally me story. I think I can relate though. I definitely think it's similar for me. Although I don't think it's the original stem of my problem, but it did cause, it has caused a lot of problems for me over, you know the years and like the older I get the better it is for the most part I still have my bouts of like but when I went to therapy with my mom um my mom brought up something about how you know I talk about how I'd like to have a drink with my dad once in a while and my mom is sober and she's been sober for a while three three or four years maybe now and how it hurt her and she feels like maybe I um Maybe I'm an alcoholic because my dad's an alcoholic and she's an alcoholic, which it was another topic all, all in, a, in and of itself. But um, I, the therapist asked, are you self-medicating? And I was like, um, I don't think I answered her, honestly. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Ding! Like the light bulb went off. And I was like, you know what? I am self-medicating. I do self-medicate, but it's not all the time. Like I am capable of socially only doing these things. Right. But now that I've recognized that, I've gotten like way more. It's just weird that like I couldn't recognize that on my own or before after I got a DUI and like went through weeks and weeks and weeks of all these counseling classes right. and fucking ARD and everything. Like 
I still thought that like I was doing, but I think alcohol is just so acceptable in our culture Mm -hmm. and it's just so, we drink way too much as Americans and it's fucking wild. And when you compare yourself to people that come home and have a beer every day, which is fine if you can handle that, but I can't, if I have a beer, I'm having seven beers and three shots. Like (laughs) I'm bingy. So self-medicating, I don't need to medicate. I need to fucking learn how to cope. There you go. And I feel like a lot of people probably also do. But the the instant gratification culture of probably our generation mostly. Right. Because there's like the the boomers are like the the bootstrap generation. Like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Even though things may or may not have been easier. This is not a political podcast. No. But um, the bootstrap generation we'll call it. And then there was kind of it has shifted very much to like I would say even more now, but probably starting with us, you know, the, I want it now participation trophies, like right, that whole culture. Right. Um, and yeah, we want that. I need a reward for straight A's. <laughs> I need a reward for straight A's. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just like, I want something to fix it now. Yeah. But it goes back to like, if you, if there's actually a problem and you want to fix it, that's all well and good, but it goes back to even like medicating children like mm-hmm. putting little kids on Ritalin and stuff like no your kid doesn't have ADD and even if he does just let him go outside yeah doesn't need Ritalin just go run around <laughs> my aunt the wife of my mom's brother who had committed suicide they have two adopted daughters and she wants to put one of them on antidepressants and I'm so glad my little brother was there with me because he he'll he's a Sagittarius He'll keep it to himself when need be, but when it needs to come out, he has a perfect way of saying it. Where I'm very blunt, I'm very harsh, and people call me cold all the time because I just tell you how it fuck. Like, me too. I, I, if it's wrong, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Curtis goes, ah, I don't know if that's the best idea. And he does it in like a humorous way that like lights Curtis is out. very funny. He is he's the worst. <laughs> He's Love you, bro. Funny, he is funny. He's sassy. He probably doesn't know who I am, but I know who he is from. Oh, Truman. he knows. He knows. <laughs> so I'm like, that might have been a creepy comment. But no, like, no, no. He's great. He's very funny. Um, a lot of people. Curtis is so popular. I fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're the best. I got you what you wanted for Christmas. Love me. Um, <laughs> I heard you in last week's podcast. You were like, he's a fucking Sagittarius. And I was like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> fake you are, offense. You are different to... Well, I'm very friendly with a lot of Sagittarius, and I think it's because my moon's in Sag, so I think that I, like, resonate Well, because that's what you, like, lot. project is your Sag side. Right. But I don't... Um, you're a lot different than a lot of the Sages I know. A lot of the Sages I know are not very honest. See, it's, I, it's half and half, because my good friend Hannah, she's pretty honest, but maybe too honest, where it's like, ooh... You need to handle people with kid gloves sometimes and not like... Yeah. See, I think I think I have been that person. Yeah. But given my careers... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I've learned to handle with care mm-hmm. a little more. My, my Libra moon has <laughs> balanced me out a little bit. Yeah. And probably dealing with trauma, too, gives you a lot more empathy yeah. and, like, those Absolutely. situations. Because I never really had... Uh, I've had no strife at all in my life... Honestly, absolutely, I'm the most privileged human being in the world. My parents are still together. Like, mm. I didn't go through anything stressful literally till I was 
almost 28 years old. Yeah. You know, I've had one major trauma and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like everything else has just been normal. Like, oh, I went through a breakup or like whatever, like normal people stuff. Right. Like I've only had one major event. The the listeners want to know. I know they do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know we've been dancing around it. I didn't want to like... Blow we can dive cover. in if you want. I know we were going to keep this light, but I can just throw it out there. Yeah, throw I can it be, out there. I can be is, very nonchalant. This is kind of how we reconnected, which is, well, all in a weird roundabout way. Because your roommate is a future guest. Your other roommate is a previous guest. Yes. The future guest's <laughs> sister was our first guest. And we've got all gone to school together for forever. But we probably reconnected because of the internet. But it's two degrees of separation... <laughs> Yeah, so we went to school together our entire lives. We have like 87 mutual friends. And also, your mom is my <laughs> aunt, step-aunt-in-law? Yes, step-aunt-in-law, <laughs> I guess is the way to phrase <laughs> that it. That would be the correct separation? It was the weirdest day when my mom was like, do you know a Jamie? And I was like, um... So I immediately thought of one of my good friends, ex, ex-girlfriends, because that, because we, I knew you didn't live in the area after school. I'm yeah. glad that you said that you went to Maryland, because I was like, she wasn't around, like, you yeah. weren't, like, present in my, like, so, like, you weren't at the bars when I right. went, whatever. I was I not. Know. And you are two years older, so you were also, like, out of school for two years, so it's not like I forgot about you, but it's kind of, like, yeah. out of sight, out of mind. Right. Like, we weren't, like, tight in high school. Right. Yeah, so... I was supposed to marry Dylan, and his uncle is married to Cece's mom. Yes. So, step-aunt-in-law. Yes. Because, yes, Linda would have been Dylan's Mm step-aunt, so (laughs) therefore my step-aunt-in-law. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a lot of degrees of separation. But it is funny, because we've known each other forever. I know. And now you come over all the time. It's a small world, dude. But that is your trauma. That is my trauma. R.I.P. Dill. Yes. Rest easy. Easily the saddest funeral I've ever been to, and I maybe had two conversations with him. And I'm not taking that on, like, personally. Like, it's not, like, my place to be sad about, but, like, that was just a fucking tragedy. So I'm... I hate... I'm sorry for your loss. (laughs) He's probably listening. Yeah. He actually, he showed up in my dream last week. That's it was really so beautiful. Weird. He never does that for me because he knows I don't believe in that shit and I'll like Sagittarius rationalize it away. Yeah. Like, oh, you just, it was just a memory. Oh, you I just place that there. I believe it. But, but my heart was racing. Like, that's so weird. And I made sure I replayed, I replayed the dream like 20 times in my head as soon as I woke up. So I didn't forget it immediately. But I think he was telling me, pay attention. Like, remember all of this right so you can remember it when you wake up because he also knows that i never remember my dreams right it was also my birthday this happened all on my weird. birthday <laughs> so dude i'm like first of all i have the chills but second of all i believe that so much i read into dreams so heavy i think it's like connection to i don't know other consciousness or like other uh, the word the word realm sounds so hokey, but like other planes yeah. of existence, or because I very much believe in energies, and I feel like it's just another way that like your commute because your psyche is maybe more open to those things when you're sleeping, or can access parts of your yeah. brain when you're sleeping. That 
not every dream is a message, but you know, a lot of it I do think is like memories being replayed or like your stress or what have you, but that's fucking wild. The fact that it was on your birthday is just like yeah. the ultimate like sucker punch of it. Yeah. And cause he know like I, I can ask, I'll, you know, I could ask him every single day, like even just to have a dream about him, mm-hmm. but for the fact that it was like a new thing yeah, and he was acknowledging in the dream, like I surprised you. On your birthday. Yeah. Like, that's, you can't, like, rationalize that away. You can't logic yeah. that away. <laughs> and I'm, I'm one to Seriously. do that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I can't even, <laughs> I can't justify that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking So, weird. yeah, that was, that was pretty wild, so. All right, well, let's take a quick break, because your girl got to urinate. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Um, so, Yay. what you got? What you listen to? What's your what's your sh- your swag? What's my swag? Um, I listen to all the same shit that I listened to in like middle school. Um, the Wonder Years and Real Friends. I guess not middle school. They weren't around then, but same type of music. Yeah. Um, saw the Menzingers punky. the other day. Really into them. They're pretty dope. Um, they're local. They're big now. They but they're kind of recently big. I don't um, know them. I only know the Wonder Years, but, but that's barely. pretty much it. I've been in now. It's Christmas music time, so I'm in Christmas music land. Don't judge me. No, dude, that's what I was gonna say. I literally have been driving around for like all the time to dog to dog to dog, and I downloaded the essential uh, the iTunes essential Christmas playlist, and I took my air my my airport my aunt to the airport the other day, and she was like. Uh, because she doesn't, I'm not going to put on my like explicit music for her. Right. So I was like, all right, Christmas is safe. So I put on the Christmas play ma- playlist and she was like, um, can we not listen to Christmas music right now? And I was just like, oh fuck. <laughs> all right, we're going to the radio. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm already in Christmas land. Dave made like a 300 song, all the metal covers and all that stuff of all the Christmas songs, which I is love, kind of fun. I love the covers of Christmas. It's a nice songs. variety, at mm-hmm. least, because all the radio, it's like the same ones, same Bing versions. Crosby. Yeah, and I love him. Yeah, Pops to Bing, but not every five minutes. No, yeah. So, but yeah, I listen to the same stuff. Um, I don't watch anything new on TV ever. Um, I watch the Food Network and. Learn how to bake gingerbread houses and all those competition cooking shows. I love the competition cooking shows. It's great mindless television. And then, like, Jenna Marbles and her boyfriend do a great podcast that I watch over and over again. Oh. And just her videos. He does cooking videos now, so just pretty much that all the time. I forgot about Jenna Marbles. She's still doing her thing, man. Good for her. She has... She did a... 20 million subscribers video. She got 20 million subscribers like last month or something. She took a nap <laughs> for the video. She was like, I'm going to give you guys something special. And she literally just, it was like a half hour video of her like on her couch with her dogs taking a nap. What the fuck? The How actual you- queen of How YouTube. You- Why am I still not getting paid for this podcast? And this bitch can nap on a fucking YouTube video. She got in when the ground floor. She really did. I'm always late to the game. Made that how to trick people into thinking you're good looking video, which is still funny. The OG. And here we are. 
But yeah, I just watch them. You know, I work from home, so like I don't want to put anything on that I have to watch because then I'm going to watch it. Right. And when I do that, I don't do any work because right. I'm in my house and there's no one here to watch me. Yeah. Um, so I put on like the same video, just like in the background for something to be on. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm actually watching TV, it's like when I'm going to bed. So it's the same thing. It's like... I'm not going to watch anything. I'll right. just put The Office or Parks and Rec on again or, like, Guy Fieri, Tires, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yeah. I've seen every episode. Going to keep watching it. Oh, Funny. well. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. No, I feel you because, like, I am a big, like, I need to pay attention to shows. And, like, so I watch, I've always loved the Purge series. They usually come out on the 4th of July, the movies. Mm-hmm. So, me and my dad and brothers would, like, kind of make it a tradition to go to every Purge movie. And, like, now they have that series on USA, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, And I watched the first season. I really liked it. And then the second season is on now. And it might be almost over. But the second season is, like, mostly in between Purges, which I think is cool. Because you're learning more about the universe outside of that day where, like, shit's going down. Um. But that I haven't really been paying attention to because you don't have to because you know what happens in the purge. So right. It's like you know the end result. Right. Yeah. So I like half pay attention to it um, because like with the whole dog thing, like I can't get too comfortable or then I'm like stuck. Yeah. So I have to be like ready to leave at a moment's notice. Um, I watched Krampus again mm. the other night because I didn't one. realize it's been out since 2015, and I was like, I don't really? think I really remember this movie. I'm an f- infamous, like, not rewatcher. Like, I hate rewatching movies and stuff. Like, once I've seen it, I'm done. I'm on to the next thing. So I'm, I'm hit or miss with that. I either watch it a thousand times yeah. or never again. I'll, I rewatch it when I have somebody. Usually, like, when I'm, like, talking to somebody or, like, you know, like, in a relationship, I'm like, okay, watch this really awesome thing with me. Like, I really want you to, like, share in the experience. Or, like, with my dad. I'm like, you're really going to enjoy this. Like, you're going to love this movie. Like, well, I'll rewatch things with him. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be discreet. <laughs> we have interrupters in the kitchen. You guys are fine. This is your house. You can yeah. be in your kitchen. This is the first time I've discreet my entire life. <laughs> Welcome back from Welcome episode. Back. Yeah, do you have, any, you have any anything you want to plug? I'll give you the mic. Well, here. Who are you? What are you doing here? Hey, it's Jess. <laughs> Um, I just watched this movie last night called The Relationship, and I think it was on Hulu, and it was really good, but my main takeaway was that it was a reminder that if you're seeing someone, you have to be very clear on if you're in a relationship <laughs> or if you're just hanging out. I'm gonna watch this It was tonight. really upsetting, because I was like, wow, I've been both of these people. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but that was good. I don't know if it was like a Hulu original or not, but... Did you ever watch Midsummer that we started last week? Nope. No. Very upset about so this. So mad. I've had plans to watch Midsummer for months. You're fine. And uh, never got to it. And then we got interrupted last week. We did. Week. We were going to have a little lady date. We, like, sat down on the couch to watch this movie. We both put our and... jammies on. <laughs> I may have made popcorn. We were, the it was Thanksgiving Eve. We, oh, we, we, we didn't go out. Oh, yeah. And we were like, it was just us. And Five then... minutes into the quietest movie ever. <laughs> Everyone gets home. At least home. the beginning of the movie was very quiet. Six people like pile into the living room. We were like, we just mouthed to each other like, turn it off. 
god. Turn it off. Then what do yeah, we watch? The Family Man. Shit. Then we watched the Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> Oh, fuck the, Nicholas it Cage. wasn't it wasn't great no. and then you didn't even watch the whole movie you went to bed <laughs> again never do that and I was like I'm done one of my favorite videos on the internet is the compilation of Nicholas Cage just like <laughs> like screaming it's like the faces oh, of Nicholas Cage and it's him yelling it is the funniest I've seen it. It bookmark that for a rainy day like when I'm feeling down yo it gets just, you right yeah. back up you're like, you're like, you know what I think I'm okay <laughs> I'm fine it's exactly what you need it's a good barometer for your feelings it is um, anything else Jess? She's texting. Give me this back. That's it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming. Nice cameo. To your kitchen. Yes. Um, Chris was also here. He lives here. He was being quiet in the kitchen He as was. Well. He did a very good job. Thank you for your consideration, roommates. I love you. I was you. just going to say, like, set me up on a blind date, but that's... <laughs> yeah, I don't care what you ask for these days. Anybody, any of my single male listeners? I don't have many male listeners. That's fine. I don't know. I actually don't know who listens to this. If you listen to this, guys, like tweet me at Cynical Candor. Message me on CynicalCandor.com. Like, come on. I need some interaction. You have topics you want covered? My friend had a topic. <laughs> Stephen Shinneman was like, you know what you should... Yeah, I love him so much. He's going to come on soon. Um, he was like, you know what you should cover? Um, are you still talking to your ex or are you single? Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is a good one. Um, the last thing I have is, well, I started to listen to Guys We Fucked. That's a good podcast. Uh-huh. It's interesting. It's funny. Um, I started listening to um, The Morning Toast, which they're millennials, but they're like a little too millennial for me. Oh my God, we have so many guests today. <laughs> Welcome to Dittman Street. <laughs> oh, is this recording? Right yes. Welcome, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, Sam's here. Future guest Sam is here. For the lady listeners. <laughs> for the lady for the la- listeners. Yes. We have, this is the most single people I've been around in one room. The next episode is just going to be speed dating at our house. Yes! <laughs> Guys, Welcome. Inquiries. We love <laughs> And the last, party. Thing, the last thing I listen to for all of my um, Christian bashing is Good Christian Fun. Are you still doing that? It, it, no. <laughs> I'm not Christian bashing. I love Christians. I have a lot of Christian friends. I just am a institutional hater. But Good Christian Fun is two very <laughs> progressive... Christians that have kind of like grew up in a more conservative lifestyle like myself similarly different in a lot of ways but um they like curse on the podcast they're they don't hate gay people they're fucking awesome and they good start yeah and they like go over like different like they talked about the one I listened to yesterday was a walk to remember they talk about like Christian culture things like Reliant K (gasps) Stacey Eureka Saved. Yes, they talk about oh, Saved, too. I love that. It's love a that great movie. movie. So they talk about all these things, and it's very good. So if I do have any Christian listeners left, I love you. I embrace you. You're in my soul. So... <laughs> I will say, I respect, like, people of religion, because I can't. I am just like, nope, no, I do not okay. believe it. Like, it's just, it's beyond my capacity but I do respect people that do have, like, religious beliefs. And not just, like, I respect you because those are your opinions, but, like, a, 
I can't do it. Like a reverence. Yeah, yeah. like I I do have <laughs> like I do too. I have a problem. I think it's just how I was brought up, and I think that a lot of it is hate fueled, and that might just be my perception of it, and like how I've come to see people. I, I that is a harsh judgment. Sam brought up a good point to me, and I mentioned it in in an in intro, but like not everyone is that way, and I need to be more respectful of people that have those beliefs. But anywho, let's wrap this up. Jamie, do you want to plug your um, meals? Yeah. Um, meals on wheels. <laughs> not meals on wheels. <laughs> it kind of. I mean, it is those things, but it's, it's not the meals on wheels. Um, my meal prep business is stacked meal prep, stacked kitchen. And my foodstagram is modern food Jesus. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, modern underscore food underscore Jesus. <laughs> On the Insta. Bye, Dave. Dave works nights. He's going to work right now. Bye, Dave. <laughs> Have a blessed evening. <laughs> and listeners, thank you again for coming back to another week of this shit show. <laughs> It's been fun. It has been fun. We really held it together until the world came crashing in on us. So if you made it through the, the conclusion, don't apologize. <laughs> You're not. Be unapologetic. Not you. Oh, I'm not the world. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, everybody on the planet. All right. Say sayonara, sheets. Sayonara, sheets. <laughs>